0: God is good? All the time. All the time? God is good. It's not a Baptist church, I promise, but I love saying that. (laughs) Today is such a beautiful day, and so let's just begin with a prayer before this preaching in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for the great gift of your resurrection. I ask you, Lord, to rise in our hearts today, especially in this Mass. Help us to just know uh, how great your love is for us, the fact that you were just crucified for us a couple of days ago, Lord, and that you were given completely over to us. And so help us in this Mass, Lord, to give our hearts completely to you so that when we walk out of here today, we would be risen just as you are risen. We ask this to our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph that through their intercession they would protect us from the devil and the evil one and all division in our families and our relationships. And we just ask the Lord to protect us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you were here last Sunday for Palm Sunday, you heard me preach about uh, the gift of peace and how the Lord wants us to have this peace but how the devil is really working very hard to steal that peace from us. Now today, I want to preach about another thing, another gift that the Lord wants to give us, especially on this Easter day. And that's the gift of joy. And this is another thing, another gift that the devil tries to steal from us. He tries to steal our peace and he tries to kill our joy in so many ways. I mean, think about our own lives. How many times we might have had happy days. How many times there may have been joyful things that have taken place in our life and then something happens that takes that joy away. It's real. It's what the devil is here to do. To kill this joy, to take this joy. But I think on this Easter, that is what the Lord wants us to remember. Is that we need this joy. One of my favorite things to think about are people who are not very blessed in their lives and are maybe a little cursed and they have RBF, okay? And maybe what you're thinking is not what I'm thinking, RBF to me is the resting boomer face, okay? And some people have that very much in their lives. You know, we look at them, we see them and it's like, okay, let's smile a little bit, let's have some joy, let's have some happiness. Now, a lot of people have gone through many different difficult things in life. And that affects us in some real ways. But the joy of the Lord must never die in our hearts. No matter what we've gone through. No matter what we are carrying. God's joy cannot die. That is what the devil wants. When we look at this Gospel, and the reason I'm preaching on this, is because when Jesus rose from the dead, It says very clearly in the Gospel that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. And she goes to the tomb and she sees that the tomb is empty. And she runs to the disciples. She tells them that the tomb is empty. And then Peter and John get up and they run as well to the tomb to go see what has taken place. Now when I think about this happening, about their running... You know, Mary Magdalene running to the disciples and the disciples running to see where Jesus has gone. They have a joy. They have a fervor. They have a zeal inside of them. And that's something that's very easy to lose in our lives. And I think it's for two specific reasons that our joy is killed, that our joy is stolen from us. The first reason why I think joy can be gone in our lives First, is our slavery to sin. When we are slaves to sin, when we are addicted to sin, we will not have joy. That is just the truth. Because the further I am from Jesus Christ, the further I am from real, living joy. There is no joy without Jesus. I can't have it. Yes, I might have some pleasure. Yes, I might have some fun, but I will not have joy unless I have the Lord. And St. Paul says it so clearly in his letter. He's talking to us about our own slavery to sin, and he tell, he's telling the people. He's saying, what did you profit? What did you gain from living in sin? He said, death, that's all you gain." I just think very clearly, right? You know, I saw some things posted recently of Good Friday, people literally throwing parties at clubs. And it really made me sad because that's what our community has come to, that we've literally forgotten what Jesus has done for us. We've literally forgotten what Christ has done for us, that we would rather go to a club We'd rather go to a place where there's no cover charge for ladies than to come to church. By the way, there was no cover charge here either, okay? If you were wondering Friday night. <laughs> but what did you gain by partying on Friday night? What did you gain? What did you profit? Nothing. But if you were here, if you were at church on Good Friday, how much did you receive? how much did you gain from just coming seeing the body of Jesus praying the truth is that if we want real joy we're never going to get it out there we're never going to get it in the things that we turn to in the things that we find our fix oh i'm stressed i'm overworked i'm anxious and so I have to turn to certain things. All of those things will only leave us more stressed, more empty, and more anxious. We will only be satisfied. We will only be filled with joy if we run to Jesus. Just as Mary Magdalene did. Just as the disciples did. They ran to Him. That's what we need to do. The second thing that really kills our joy is our own sorrow. As I said in the beginning, many of us have been through so many different things. And some of us are sitting in our sorrow, sitting in our sadness, because of the very things that we've suffered, the very things that we've carried. Listen to the words of Jesus. Mary is at the tomb and she's weeping. And Jesus looks at her and He says, Woman, why are you weeping? Now, I would never ever tell someone in their grief and in their sorrow, Just move on. Sometimes we treat people like that. We see people in our own families and friend circles that are suffering through something for years and years and years and we are thinking in our heads, Why can't they just move on? I would never tell someone to move on. But what I will tell them to do is let go. Surrender. That is different than moving on. Because if I just move on from what I've suffered, I'm not handling it. I'm not giving it to the Lord. But to let go and to surrender my sorrow and my pain, that's when I'm doing it with God. Why are you weeping? Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen. Jesus is real. This is the reason for our joy. What I love so much about Jesus, because there's so many different religions out in the world. Think about the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people you deal with. There are so many different people out there who might believe in Muhammad, who might believe in Buddha, who might believe in yoga. But my brothers and sisters, Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Yoga, yes, you might get some relaxation. But nothing really happens there for your own soul. Jesus Christ is the only one who is alive. Jesus Christ is the only one in the entire history of our world who came to this world and said, I am God. Muhammad doesn't do that. Buddha doesn't do that. Krishna doesn't do that. No other religion in this world has someone who's claiming to be God. Only Jesus. And not only does Jesus claim to be God, but He proves it. He proves it today by rising from the dead. This isn't just a man who has risen. This is God. God who died for us. God who gave His life for us. God who gave Himself completely for us, went to the dead and then rose for us. So the truth is, without Jesus, we are literally nothing. We're nothing. I can live my life completely without the Lord. My life will be completely empty. You know, I'm really blessed as a priest to live with some amazing priests. When I think about the joy in my own life, I think about the two priests that I live with. Because I'm honestly the most blessed priest to be with them. Abuna Fawaz and Abuna Kevin are honestly amazing. And we talk a lot of times about our homilies and what we're going to preach and what we've been praying about. And Abuna Fawaz made such a beautiful point the other day. He said, We treat Jesus sometimes, we treat even the church, we treat the Lord like some of our family members that we're not really close to. Think about it for a second. Think of the family members we're not really close to. We might only see them on Easter. On Christmas. We might go to their weddings, their funerals, but that's the only time we see them. And sometimes we treat Jesus like that. We only see Jesus on big occasions. We only see Jesus on big moments in his life, right? The day he was born, the day he was crucified and died and was buried, the day he rose from the dead. Maybe a couple other days if you worship St. Rita and St. Anthony too, okay? And those are the only times we come to Him. But my brothers and sisters, Jesus is always available to us. And we're never going to have joy unless we come to Jesus on a daily basis. Think about the daily things that we do in our lives. I mean, imagine not showering, not brushing your teeth. For days and weeks and months, you'd be the most ratchet person in this church right now, right? Now, if I go without God for days and then weeks and then months and years, how ugly, how dirty is my soul? And Jesus died on the cross for the dirty. Jesus died on the cross for the sinful. Jesus rose from the dead for me and for you, so that we could know His joy, so that we could receive this new life. At St. George, you know, this is a very special parish. You can see it just from the many people that are here. One of the things that us priests do very much here is weddings. Because people love our aisle, they want to walk down it, right? But one of the saddest things I I experienced personally as a priest over these last three years is the amount of couples that stand right in front of me here at this altar and have zero joy in their heart on their wedding day. Zero joy. Sometimes I stand here and I'm like, okay, why are you getting married? What I want to say is, if you don't know Jesus, you are not ready to give your heart to another person. If I don't know God, I should not get married. Because ultimately what's happening is, if I don't know God, if I don't know the Lord, I don't know myself. And if I don't know myself, how can I spend time getting to know someone else? How? How is it possible? When we stand before God on our wedding day, that is the day that we need to give our heart first to God and then to the other person. The reason why so many couples stand in this very spot and have no joy is because they don't know Jesus. And they're coming before God and promising themselves before God and they don't even know the God that they're standing in front of. But what's even scarier is one day every single one of us is going to have to stand in front of God for one last time. Am I ready to stand in front of God? For God to look at me and for me to look at Him and for me to know Him and for Him to know me. Am I ready for that day? Come back to the sacraments. Come back to confession. Come back to the Eucharist because without God's mercy and unless I have His body and His blood inside of me, that is the only way I can have peace. That is the only way I can have joy. This is our home. This is our place where we need to find God. And so I pray in this Mass and in every Mass that we come to that we would experience His joy in a real way. I'm going to try very hard for the alarm system not to go off this time, okay? But regardless of what happens in our lives, never allow the devil to steal that joy and that peace that he has for us. When we receive him today in this Mass, let's be ready to receive that. And let Jesus rise in our hearts. Amen.